1: Hello and welcome to The well Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Good morning, Tim. How are you today?
2: Well, I'm cold because it's snowing, but other than that, I'm feeling pretty good. And I've yeah. had a little too much coffee, if I so I apologize in advance.
1: No, no, no. We like it when you have a lot of coffee. And, and uh, I'm sorry to hear that you're not in the South Pacific, like we were talking about pre-podcast here. You know, the the audience doesn't get to listen in on our conversations, but we were just talking about how nice it would be to be in the South Pacific.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's timing. some things that the audience should not hear. Okay, that's and that's part probably. of it.
1: That's probably yeah. it. Okay, we're going to yeah. move past that uh, <laughs> right. speedo session that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> anywho, uh, so what are we talking about today?
2: So, today I want to talk about cash flow. You know, cash is king. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we do our planning for clients, primarily with business owners, you know, we focus on investment management like everyone does. And I think we do a great job at that. But where we really spend a lot of time and energy is on what we call advanced planning. That includes wealth transfer, you know, making sure that if something happens to you, Eric, that your assets move quickly and accurately and, you know, to wherever you want them to go. Or Mm -hmm. wealth protection, you know, making sure that as you set up your business, as you're transitioning your business, it's not unjustly confiscated by, you know, litigation or things like that. Um, We do a lot of work with charitable planning. Wealth Enhancement is really looking at your debt structure and tax planning, and today, what I want to talk about really is cash is cash flow because we've done a fair number of podcasts on value drivers and mm-hmm. you know how to make sure you're getting the maximum when you exit from your business, how to plan for that, how to focus on that. We have a series of videos on them, white papers. And really, cash flow is a theme that goes across all of those. So I just thought today I would just focus on you know seven ways cash flow impacts your exit and hopefully the the listener the entrepreneurs listening today will pick up one or two good ideas on how they can really focus their business more on cash flow and how that'll impact or help their them exit down the road
1: all right so you got seven ways what's number one
2: all right so um, number one is you know what we call business growth stability so when I do, when I look at a client's uh, business, when I work with a valuator, like a business valuation person, like we had, you know, Greg Clark on is on the one of the podcasts where mm-hmm. we talked about the the benefits of setting that initial value. Um, one of the variables, the primary variables that a buyer, whoever the buyer wants to, who will be, will look at is, you know, cash flow, steady cash flow. So we. When I go in and work with some business owners initially, what I find is a lot of times they'll work with or they'll treat their business a little bit like their personal bank account also. Um in following tax law. They're you know, so there's no nothing bad about that in general. It's just that when I when a business owner is selling the business down the road, when a buyer comes in, they wanna see a balance sheet, they wanna see a financial statement that shows cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, that shows growing cash flow. And so if you're pulling excess expenses out you know in order to uh, pay for trips and things like that um, or if you're not really separating business from personal, what happens is you you understate cash flow and as a result you understate the value that you can mm. get in the back end. So we one of the things that one of the ways that I think cash flow impacts business and this is really across the board not just based on what I see but talking to business valuation experts, talking to CPAs reading about this, is that the num- one of the number one reasons that why you know clients need to focus on cash flow is really because we need to drill into them the fact that growing sustainable demonstrated cash flow um, is really one of the the key variables that can determine a higher value when they end up selling. All right So it's kind of this um, balancing act, right? So on a day to day basis, I certainly would like to pay least amount of tax i certainly want to expense as much as i can i i would love to pull out as much cash flow as i can Mm -hmm. but by doing that um and paying ordinary income tax rates on it on that cash flow now i might be foregoing getting a higher value and maybe paying a lower capital gains rate on the back end so again it's just it's a strategy um but that's one of the first reasons why we like clients to focus on cash flow
1: all right what's the second
2: The second one is, um, as you get into talking about or planning for how you're going to exit, you know, how you're going to basically transfer ownership. So that could be an internal sale. So maybe Uh I have one or two key people, a management team that uh, ultimately can take over the business and we want to do a transition to them. If I also maybe want to sell to a competitor, uh, if I want to sell to a financial buyer, you know, somebody who's coming in to just... Uh, invest in the company, um, you know, for the rate of return. Possibly, you know, the, one of the things we've seen recently in the last couple of years is, you know, family offices. So somebody sells a business, they create a family office, and then they use their expertise in business to look at buying companies for investments. Um, what happens is, if you don't have, if you don't focus on cash flow now, uh, you're limiting the number of options you have for ownership transfer. So when we do a lot of modeling and modeling just says what ifs, you know, if if you want to sell internally to these owners, if you want to sell externally to them, how is that going to look? How does that impact um your as the owner? How does it impact the buyer, the seller? Um it just it limits the number of models we can really look at, it limits the number of options. And I think in general you would agree Eric that the more options you have, like if you're selling your house, right, you want to make sure that you have multiple buyers mm-hmm. so you get them to compete. And if you really just have two or three buyers or one buyer, you don't have control. And so options are really important and options are limited um, if you're if you're not going to be focused on cash flow.
1: Got it. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense.
2: And then the third area would be what we call um, incentive and retention. So When we and one of the podcasts or a couple of the podcasts we did in the past, where we talked about value drivers, um, where we're focusing on, you know, the key uh, variables that impact, you know, how valuable your business is. One of the things we talked about was your management team. Mm -hmm. So we like to go in and help our clients, first of all, evaluate, you know, do we have the right people? Are are those right people in the right chairs? So. Maybe you have an operations person who should be more of a salesperson or a CFO, and that this happens a lot with business owners, with their family members. You know, you wouldn't think that you would have your number crunchers in charge of sales, but sometimes we, we go in there and we see that, and we think, you know, we kind of make the recommendation after to help bringing in consultants, doing evaluations, and talk about the fact that, you know, maybe you have these right people, but we just need to rearrange the chairs. But regardless, you know, when you go in there, once you... Go through the process and you determine yes i've got the right team you need to make sure there's incentives in place uh so that they stay especially you know so you've got this great operations person who's with the firm who is really responsible for making sure that you're investing in the proper technology your mm-hmm. your 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 operations your manufacturing or your what are, your construction your bidding your you know your is all going smoothly and profitably well if that person is not is going to leave as a result of you exiting or selling, you know, you're not going to get the same price. So the, when a buyer, when they come in, they're going to want to make sure they're going going to want to look and evaluate. Not only do you have the right team, but this third point is, are there, are there incentives in place to retain them? Are there incentives in place to make sure that they stay with the team, with the company, if there is a sale? And if you if you're not focusing on cash value or cash flow you know um you're not going you're again your options are going to be limited um there are things that we help clients with like non-cash incentive plans phantom stock plans um you know we can we can create employment agreements where the uh the key people can get a portion of the sale for example the appreciation or the growth they can participate in mm-hmm. that so it doesn't have to be directly transferring ownership to anybody but it really has to be saying these are my key people, uh, these are the ones I want to create and, and lock in with employment contracts, give them incentive, and, and tie those incentives to the same incentives I have as the owner, which is to, you know, maximizing my exit when I leave. So, and you cannot do that with cash flow. So that, that's a really, really important part.
1: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of options, and there's a lot of uh, things to explore, just in that one little section that you just spoke about
2: yeah so we do have we have a whole series of white papers, um samples on modeling um you know, on the how to like we have a we have a great white paper we prepared this year on how to create incentive plans for your key people mm-hmm. and why it's important um that's also a key part of the value drivers podcast and the video that we did um so it it's just it's more complicated. It's a whole separate podcast and a whole separate series of details but um, yeah, that generally, that's one of the key things why you want to focus on cash value. And yeah. Cash flow, I should say.
1: Yeah, and, and let's make sure that at the end of this podcast we give people an opportunity to go find those resources um, You know, on the website or wherever they're at. Perfect. All right, sounds good.
2: Number four. So the fourth reason why you need to focus on cash flow as it impacts your exit strategy is that it's a way we can help uh you can help minimize the risk so if you think about covid right we're going through Mm -hmm. this tremendous overhaul of of business and they're you know setting aside the the awful uh result of covid you know the the people dying um the the restrictions you know the, the complete negative effect there are some businesses that are succeeding there that are some that are not um and it's not necessarily just the industry you know Obviously, if you were supporting the airline industry, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were supporting the hotel and entertainment industry, you're in trouble. But, you know, you would think that restaurants are all in trouble, but not all of them are. You know, when I talk to uh, my clients, when I talk to my CPA, um, you know, she's told me that a little more than half of the restaurant clients are actually doing better uh, because they've been able to adapt uh, with remote distant, you know, distancing and with um, you know, carry out orders and things yeah. like that. Now, now they we're doing it with fewer people, so the employees are the ones feeling the brunt, the burden of it. But some, but you, would, some clients, um, customers, depending on the industry, have been able to respond to reduce risk. But if you think about it, when you're coming into um, COVID or something like that, or some major trans you know, disruption, you, and you look and you say, well, why did that company, which had such a great brand, had such a great product? out of business. And maybe this other company didn't. And typically, if you look at back behind the curtain, you know, if you're Wizard of Oz, and you go back there, you'll see that one was maybe highly leveraged, one had too much debt, cash flow was was not positive. I mean, maybe cash flow was even negative, And they were just trying to grow through it. And maybe the companies that have have survived and done well, and I've seen this with my contracting and construction clients, uh, the ones who have done well have lower debt, higher cash flow higher margins and they're the companies that focus on cash flow to reduce their risk so you know it it, it's a really really important thing that we look at and one of the strategies we implement with our clients is something we call stress testing and we go in and we'll just help them look at all the different scenarios now you couldn't have predicted covid but you can predict events like that you know 2008 was a dramatic one also you can predict them and you can say well if this happens how you respond if this happens in your cash flow, your balance sheet, your debt structure is here, so we we can really go in and do um, a pretty thorough you know analysis, a stress test to make sure that clients um, you know mm-hmm. as they're looking at their business today and they're planning on exiting down the road that that we can mitigate the risk that they have with that with the cash flow related
1: yeah and and again, it's not like you can predict everything but just having a plan being prepared you know, working with a professional like you with your team and and how, how much you take into consideration and how much you discuss with your clients. I mean, that's huge. And we've talked about that many times in this podcast. Uh, but I think that that is something that everybody needs to hear multiple times, right? I mean, it, it, it's so hard as a business owner sometimes because you get wrapped up in just the daily things that you're doing and then you know, two years go by <laughs> You're like, oh, I should yeah. probably I should probably do something about A, B, or C, right? So, no, exactly. I, I love the fact that we are touching on this again, and we have other resources for people to get to and and uh, learn more.
2: Yeah, and and so number five is really we've talked a little bit the first four about the business, but number five really deals directly with the owner and the owner's financial security, the financial security for the owner's family, the next generation, maybe their favorite charities, mm-hmm. and and the key is that. If you look at the cash flow being generated by a business for the business owner, and you compare that to the value of the business, generally they're taking out a much higher distribution or rate of return or cash flow distribution today from the business than they could post-sale. Meaning that if you have like a $5 million business and maybe the, the owner is pulling two fifty, three 400,000 a year out of the company, if you sell that $500,000, $5 million business and you, after taxes, let's say net, you know, $4 million or, or, you know, and you invest that portfolio, you're, you're not gonna be getting the same amount of cash flow. Mm-hmm. Um, now you've locked in the gains, you've locked in, you've reduced your risk, you've positioned yourself to move forward with less risk and in, into retirement. But but we, we need to really talk, we try to focus clients on the fact that from your financial security perspective, Cash flow today, in terms of what you're taking out of the business, will look very different from cash flow when you do exit. Um, Your estate plan, you know, today, and the risk associated with that, and and the cash flow being generated, maybe supporting family members, um, you know, children, family members on the payroll, that's not going to happen once you exit. So we need to talk about that. Mm -hmm. But also financial security in terms of if you even just look today through COVID, you know, I'll just use a, an example of my dentist. So, you know, the last 10 years, uh, the medical, the doctors who had medical practice, private medical practices that we worked for have really all gone. They're all working for hospitals now. And we're starting to see a little bit of that in, in the dental industry. So my dentist, um, you know, they, they responded quickly. They shut down like everyone did, but I was able to go back when they opened you know, you pull up outside, they call you, they're practically wearing hazmat suits, they mm-hmm. take your temperature, I mean, they're doing all the things they can. But they were able to survive the four to five month period because they had focused on cash flow, they had focused on, you know, a, a lean balance sheet, um, they kept all their people, um, they were able to sustain it. Whereas I, I, was, I have another, I, I was reading about this another case where some of these uh, companies that are going through and buying dental practices. And these dental practices themselves are very healthy. They're operating very well. But these entities that came in and bought them are highly leveraged, and a couple of them filed bankruptcy. Mm. So the, the point is that you really need to focus today as a business owner between now and when you want to exit, focusing on the cash flow and being prepared, and also having a picture painted in the future about how your cash flow will look um, you know, going forward. And then, like I said, being prepared for instances like COVID or other events that will happen in the future to make sure that that's not going to, uh, harm your personal financial security. You know, like Eric, what I always do is talk to you. If I was talking to you about that, I would say, Eric, you know, what do you and your wife need to maintain your current standard of living when you do leave? Because if you don't have that right now, we need to make sure we accumulate more and we make that business grow.
1: Yeah, Absolutely.
2: then the sixth part goes back to the business a little bit. And, you know, one of the things that business owners tell me when they're financing projects or financing business or acquisitions is, um, I don't want to have personal guarantees. So, you know, that's that's a constant battle between uh, business owners and banks where the banks are saying, well, sure, you know, we'll lend the money to your business, but you're going to have to sign off a personal guarantee also. Hmm. And clients understandably right because they don't want to put their other assets at risk they over time would love to get those personal guarantees gone and if you're going to also like do an internal sale these new buyers typically don't have the balance sheet or the net worth to support you know some of the bank financing so it gets complicated it gets it's it gets complicated in terms of these personal guarantees and I, i've had situations where client retires had does an internal sale he kept he had to keep personal guarantees to finance the whole thing and he was gone from the business he wasn't controlling it obviously these new owners were they ran it to the ground and so not only does he not have the the money because he was relying on the cash flow from the payment for the purchase but he also has these personal guarantees to the bank Mm -hmm. and it's and it's just uh uh it's it's quite terrible right because obviously you can't make that back up so the, the financing piece is critical, and this is part of the stress testing that we do with clients when we're helping them plan for an exit. You know, how do you get off those personal guarantees, and how do we structure a sale to minimize your risk? Because I'm fine taking all the risk in my practice, my firm, Hightower Great Lakes, as long as I'm here. But if I'm gone and I'm not, you know, here watching daily and controlling my risk, I don't want to be responsible I don't want to have those guarantees.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. That would be, uh, I can't imagine how stressful that would be thinking about that. It's not like you could relax, right, after a sale.
2: Right. You can't because, you know, psychologically it's hard enough uh, walking away from this, the baby, Mm -hmm. this creature you've built, right? You know, there's always a little bit of seller's remorse. So if you compound that with the personal guarantees and then you're relying on distributions from the new owner's It just creates these natural inherent conflicts: uh, appearance versus reality. Um, It creates stress, anxiety, and you're supposed to be retired. You know, you're supposed to be not thinking about that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the the financing piece is a really very very important part of the stress test, and one of the most you know also a critical piece in terms of why you really need to need to focus on free cash flow. Yeah. And then the final piece, which is lucky number seven, is really cash flow is critical for investment in capital. So if you think about the world we live in, we are constantly required and asked to invest in better and faster technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just think of like how companies have responded you know i was I was reading an article about uh, Nike, you know, so you would think that. With everything going on in the retail stores and the shopping malls, with with the holidays, this is their biggest time of year. That Nike's hurting, um, but you know corporate annou- uh, earnings announcements are up thirty percent. You know, so a lot of these major uh, vendors have just very quickly redirected. You know, from the shopping malls, from the brick and mortar, to online. I mean, mm-hmm. and they've all done it. Uh, Target walmart the big ones but also the small ones the small flower shops you know where where we used to get uh, flowers delivered you know they've all responded so the point is those all cost a lot of money the, the you know you have to invest in new delivery systems now you don't always have to buy them you know sometimes you leverage and you partner with the people mm-hmm. who have them but it's still expensive and you also have real estate so you know like one of the things we're seeing now is a lot of companies are reevaluating how much space they actually need. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's really hard to determine because we don't really know for sure how many people are coming back, you know, so our office, we're all back. We we need the space as far as I can tell for now, right? But Yeah. But um that investment in capital if you don't have demonstrated 2-3 years of growing free cash flow Many banks are just not going to look at it right now. I can mm-hmm. tell you from ex- experience in the last five, six months working with banks, the regulators have all tightened up dramatically. Yeah. Even for mortgage loans, the requirements are just so much higher and it's so much harder to borrow. Appraisals are all coming in much lower. So the regulators, understandably, are pressuring the banks to be much more conservative, tighten the credit, which is not what we need right now, but I but I understand why they're doing it. But the point is the people who have a demonstrated track record, the companies of free cash flow, growing cash flow, they're going to get the financing they need to perhaps buy some of these companies, their competitors, their peers that maybe aren't as well capitalized. So there's a lot of opportunities right now that you won't be able to take advantage of um, if you haven't been focusing on cash flow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I find it so interesting to see the businesses that have adapted, um, Mm -hmm that have adapted well, they had a presence in technology or, uh, consumer convenience. I think I I would like to term it, uh, for this podcast at least maybe we'll change that later, but, um, they really kind of had to jump on it before COVID hit. Right. So, but, but I find it interesting to see the transformation. So I'll just use a grocery store as an example. Um, the grocery stores around me and even, even Walmart, which not necessarily a grocery store, but, uh, supplies, whatever. Um, they had maybe three or four parking spaces dedicated to online orders, online pickups, mm-hmm. right? Before COVID, pre-COVID. And now I go to my local grocery store and they've probably got 12 to 15 parking spots dedicated for online pickup because it's touchless. It's it's interactionless. I don't know if that's even a word, but we're going to use that as well. Uh, you know, they they've enabled people to order pull up park pop your trunk or pop the back door somebody comes out put your stuff in says bye and you drive away right yeah Um, and I just see this it it was such rapid growth of that and because everybody needs that Nike for instance they sold online before they sold Mm -hmm. in a lot of different types of stores online before a lot of different venues before and so it wasn't something that they had to scramble and do brand new from the very very start Um, I know this isn't a podcast about COVID. I know this is a podcast about, you know, cash flow. But thinking about the businesses that are doing the best, they have, they they didn't wait to see what would happen. You know, I think this is going to blow over in a couple months. So I'm going to wait a couple months. Yeah. Uh, Boy, you know, um, I would encourage, and I know that you work closely with your clients and your business owners, and you do give great advice when it comes to what, you know, what you're seeing on the horizon, and you share that with them. Um, I know you do a tremendous amount of research and reading, um, and you bring that value to each and every one of your clients. So again, this content was fantastic today. Um, I know that there are resources that you have that you want to share with folks. And so let's get to that here in just a moment. But um, Tim, I know that you have some pretty exciting things coming up as well. Anything you want to share that that's kind of going on in the future, maybe even later today, (laughs) as we record this?
2: Uh, Yes, so later today I have the opportunity to do a Zoom interview uh, with Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary. So, oh, I thought I was Mr. Wonderful, Tim. (laughs) Well, gave that name to somebody else. (laughs) You know, that's that's what I said to my wife Nancy. I'm like, I know you think I'm Mr. Wonderful, but you know, I'm actually interviewing the Mr. Wonderful. The he he probably has the brand.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we should be very careful about that trademark. Trademark, anyway. Okay, so
2: he's on Shark Tank, and um, that's where people probably know him from. And um, we're going to have a a video link, you know, a recorded link for that on our website um, by the time this podcast comes out. So I'm looking forward to that. I've never done one of these before, so I'm a little nervous. I'm just telling you, but um, (laughs) um, you know, people are teaching this old dog new tricks.
1: That's right. You're going to do fantastic. I'm so excited about that. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, Uh, But that is that is something that our podcast listeners are going to be able to access um and the white papers that you spoke about and other other items that you spoke about today how do they get those where do they go specifically
2: so you go to our website um hightower great lakes it's hdgreatlakes.com um, you could also email me at tscanel at or just call me 219-246-5370 and really you know the, the biggest takeaway today i think from from me is Cash flow is king. Mm-hmm. Uh, stress testing is critical. And that's the way you evaluate whether your cash flow is going to help you with these seven different topics. And if you really want to exit, and I think eventually it's inevitable, right? Everyone has mm-hmm. to. Um, you really need to think about this. And we can, help, we can help you. And this is really what we do. So we'd love to help you.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's. Uh, I think it's the difference between exiting with a, a nice plan for retirement in the future or exiting with a toe tag. Right. It's it's one of those two.
2: (laughs) And I think Eric, this is where you play the Pink Floyd song Money, but I don't I think there's trademark issues, so maybe not, but maybe you could just sing it. Ah, just kidding.
1: Well, I I I still think we'll run into a problem there. So what I want to do is we'll just take (laughs) thirty seconds of complete awkward silence. Everybody can imagine the song (laughs) playing. It's probably better. Yeah, Yeah, probably better. Or not. (laughs) Either way. All right, Tim. Well again, fantastic content today. Thank you so much for your time.
2: Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. This I you know, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just love getting together with you. I always learn something and I know the audience does too. And and speaking of you, the audience, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the WellStream podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wealth Stream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of High Tower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC.